0: It could well trigger a new era for our national game. The Gaelic Players Association met formally for the first time in Belfast last night. Players probably feel it's time that maybe some were their
1: ideas were heard. The Breakaway Gaelic Players Association and the GAA hierarchy seem set
0: on a collision course tonight. And the official recognition agreement between the GAA and GPA uh, provides for um, joint commercial ventures. The player development programme that's in place
1: is something that's vital to the well-being of our players. You do your utmost to, to serve the members and uh, that excites me a whole bunch.
0: Every day, you know, we're working with players. They're the centre of everything that we do. You're very welcome. along to the Players' Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association. My name is Kieran McSweeney, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Leash Footballer, Colin Begley. Colin, how are you keeping? I'm good, Karen. Very good, in fact. How are you keeping out? Right. Yeah, not so bad now at all. Look, um, obviously we've come out of um, a busy time with the All Ireland Championship across the, across the summer, across Camogie, across hurling, the two football competitions. Um, but plenty still on the plate, obviously, with a special congress um coming up. Um and I think the players have, have made their voices heard as regards um the 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 stru- structure of the the football championship going forward.
1: Yeah, obviously we have had a lot of engagement with Kieran last while. And proposal B is the one I think players are looking for pushing for, um and fingers crossed it gets across the line that the that they could see the, the benefit in it for for football going forward and and vote for it. Um, I know players are really excited about change and, and getting a format that's fair to all players and all teams and just kind of, we really just kind of pushed the game of getting football and reinvented a small bit. Um, so hopefully we get across the line, uh, especially Congress on the 23rd, I think. So um, look, as, as much as we can get players speaking about it as well, it'd be great.
0: Um, and look, that's, I suppose that plenty being said and talked about in terms of that, but look, World Mental Health Day coming up this, coming Sunday, October 10th, October is World Mental Health Month. I'm um, delighted that we're announcing uh, a new platform and service available to support players in terms of Silver Cloud. And we'll be hearing from Dr. Derek Richards from Silver Cloud in terms of what the program and the, the platform actually offers. And delighted as well to have Tyrone's All Ireland winner, Connor Myler, with us to talk about, yes, about Tyrone winning the All Ireland, but also about the journey he's been on over the last number of years in terms of recognizing what supports he needs and what tools to use to um to get the best out of himself. On the pitch, yes, but more importantly, in his life generally.
1: Yeah, and that's and look, we're seeing the both ends of it. We're obviously talking about the, the resource we have now with Silver Cloud, which is, which is fantastic because I suppose it allows players or people just to take ownership themselves about how much do want to dive into it and give a bit more information. But i like to hear to hear kind of experience and what he's done over the last number of years or months, um, obviously during a very busy time and a stressful time or pressurised time, I'd say, even though I'm sure he handled it quite well. So I'm looking forward to hearing how he's done it. And I know players or players will hear his story and connect or hear some of his um, tips and, and ways of handling it and hopefully they can link in with our Silver Cloud um resource over the next coming months and years. And uh, yeah, well done. I think it's gonna be a great opportunity for players to, to get support in their own way.
0: Great stuff. Well look myself and Colin will be handing over the reins to um Jenny Rogers, who's our player development manager. Um she'll be talking to Dr. Derek Richards in just a couple of moments'
2: time. The Gaelic Players Association representing the interests of all inter-county players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people. Hi everyone, I hope you are keeping well. My name is Jenny Rogers. I'm a player development manager with the GPA. Kieran and Colum have handed over the reins of the podcast to me for today's episode. So welcome to the player's voice. This podcast episode will focus on the topic of mental health and well-being. October is World Mental Health Month and World Mental Health Day is on Sunday the 10th of October. The goal of World Mental Health Day is to raise awareness around mental health and well-being. This year's theme is mental health in an unequal world and highlights how inaccessible mental health supports are for a lot of people all over the world. The GPA have always been passionate about supporting the mental health and well-being of our members and about trying to make well-being supports as accessible as possible. And in line with our aim to make well-being support accessible to all our members in a way that works best for them, the GPA have recently partnered with Silver Cloud Health a digital digital mental health platform which provides a range of mental health and well-being programs to support with a number of issues. So I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Dr. Derek Richards, Chief Science Officer with Silver Cloud Health. Dr. Richards, you're very welcome to the player's voice and thank you very much for joining me.
3: Thanks Jenny, lovely to be here.
2: Great, Um, so I think it might be helpful if you could just give us an insight into who Silver Cloud Health are and what kind of services they offer.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, like you said in the introduction, uh, SilverCloud Health are a digital mental health and well-being platform. We're an Irish company. We spun out from research um, going back quite a number of decades now and formally became commercial in 2012. And effectively what it is is the following. There are available what we call evidence based treatments and they're treatments for various mental health issues and also preventative interventions for well being in general. And the reason we call them um, empirically supported or evidence based is that they have good evidence to support that they actually work. They do what they say on the tin. And what we've done then was we Repurpose those into a virtual or digital uh, environment for delivery at scale. And this was the key motivation in Silver Cloud Health for many, for, in the history of it. It was like most people can't get to access evidence based treatment. Only a very small percentage of the population can either make it and can afford it, there's geographical barriers, there's a a whole load of barriers, including stigma, which is a big one for many individuals. So um, in in an effort to increase access and also potentially increase reach, we thought that it would be wise to develop out a digital version of these evidence-based treatments and make them available through services different types of services and we work with a whole variety of services from obviously the most obvious mental health care systems health systems hospitals but also then we work with charities we work with um, um, employee system programs we also do work with universities and the higher education sector and working with their health services and also their counselling and psychological services. So it's the pr- platform and the variety of programmes it has available are used in a number of different contexts.
2: Fantastic. Thanks a for that. So that's a really helpful overview, I suppose, of, of where the programme originated from and the different types of organisations organization, you work with. Um just in terms of, I suppose, that the theme of World Mental Health Day this year and accessibility, it sounds like that's something that SilverCloud is really trying to address. Um, is that something that you kind of maybe feel like the pandemic has helped in any way in terms of, you know, more acceptance of online platforms and things like that?
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, by necessity during the pandemic, there was a, a quite a large move towards digital in many different formats, both telemedicine telepsychology, telepsychiatry, and digitally delivered CBT or digitally delivered interventions for mental health and wellbeing. We've seen an explosion in that globally, you know, and what remains to be seen now is whether that will be maintained into the future. There are some good signals to suggest that it will, and um, I I hope it does. And speaking around the theme of accessibility, I mean, yeah, one of the core parts of telemedicine, telehealth, digitally delivered mental health and well being is to increase the access. You you'll find like um, you know, even overnight if you were to multiply the number of professionals, quadruple them even you still wouldn't have enough to service the demand that's there globally. And then you have further problems around geography where there are parts of Ireland, parts of other countries around the world where there's just no availability of psychology or psychiatry within the geographical area. So so services like Silver Cloud Health have an ability to be able to be um, delivered from one point of care such as a health system or a hospital and actually reach a broad variety of the population across a large geographical area. There's no limits really to that. I mean it is the internet.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know in, in Ireland anyway, we're we're often listening to the to the radio, the news around waiting lists and, and things like that around mental health. So it sounds like this is, you know, something that will go some way towards alleviating that and, and increasing the access for for those people who are waiting on waiting lists and, and things like that. So um, one other thing I was just going to ask, just as you were talking about that, and I suppose that the more acceptance of it um, as a result of the pandemic, in terms of the acceptability of this kind of you know, digital um, well-being support, as opposed to maybe the face-to-face that people are more familiar with, is that something that you have seen um, in terms of you know people are more accepting of it now and they're more willing to engage with it?
3: Yeah. I mean, let me start by saying this, that digitally delivered interventions for mental health and well-being are not a panacea. They're never going to be a replacement for the whole suite of interventions that we already use in mental health services, such as group, um, such as psychoeducational workshops, such as one to one counselling, one to one therapy. We need all of those and each of them have a place in the care pathway for individuals where there can be times when a digital intervention is the most suitable for the individual, whereas other times it's not some other intervention is required so that's really important to understand in the broad pathway of care available to individuals who access services that each of these are one point in care contributing to the overall uh, package of care Okay. Um, in terms of acceptability, I would say yes, and you know, here's my view on it, and this is by also my experience. I can remember 20 years ago starting in this area doing small work in, in using digitally delivered interventions, and there was a lot of pushback at the time. But what I found was incre- increasingly as people got some exposure to it, their fears were way laden and they really sought for what it, what it is and the value of it. And that has always been my experience to date. And, you know, with the pandemic and the move towards a, lo- a larger amount of digital use for delivery of care, there's no question but that just that exposure alone has already made many people convert to see the value of digitally delivered offerings, both in healthcare in general, but also in psychology, psychiatry and digitally delivered cognitive behavioral therapy and well being.
2: I think that's a really interesting point. I think it, it's similar maybe to people's acceptance of, of counselling and therapy in general, because, you know, we all maybe have this image in our head that, you know, the, the Freudian image of you go in and, and you lie down on the couch and um, that's not the reality. And I think we've even got, you know, feedback from, from players who've engaged in our counselling support service around, you know, beforehand it's the fear of the unknown, but once they've engaged in it, once they have, you know, you know, tried it essentially and they found it it's really helpful and it sounds like it's the same with the experience in terms of silver cloud and the digital platforms
3: absolutely i mean you know you said exactly that it's like the fear of the unknown the uncertainty that's what that's what produces the responses of avoidance Uh, you know typical of anxiety disorders in themselves uh, and they can be like effectively like you know if we engage in those behaviors we actually remove ourselves from the from the possibility of getting help in whatever format that might be and it's really about educating people about what these are all about and also making them accessible in terms of normalizing them and normalizing the experiences as well That it, yeah it's it's okay to be anxious it's okay to feel uncertain especially over the last year with the pandemic i mean there was so much outside of our control That anxiety was a normal response yeah
2: absolutely and i think that's something we've been i suppose becoming more and more aware of is we've such a diverse membership we've such a range of you know different types of members so what we've been trying to do is you know cater to all those in terms of the different types of supports we have available so we have a phone line a text line and now we're really excited that silver cloud is something that's available you know online as a digital platform and we're hoping that that's something that might suit more people um, or you know some people more than others and so we're really excited to have this option and the option that we have for members at the moment is the self-help programs so the the suite of wellness programs so I think it might be helpful if you don't mind just kind of giving us an insight into some of those programs and how they work or what benefits they have
3: yeah absolutely and I think you know like you say All of the offerings that are in the digital mental health um, well-being suite delivered by SilverCloud are in tandem with the other points of care, like the face to face, like the telephone support. And then in the current offering, there's a number of well-being programmes, which are like the Space from Stress programme. This is a really great programme. Now, it's based on the principles of cognitive and behavioural therapy and Excuse me, and uh, effectively, the space from stress program allows people to um, learn some skills around managing stress, especially stress that might be causing difficulty. Remember what stress is again. Stress is a good thing when it motivates us to be productive and meet the demands that are being placed on us. However, when those demands being placed on us outweigh our current resources, to be able to deliver on them, then it becomes problematic. Now, that's a common experience. You know, that's a very common experience, and it's a common experience with anyone. Anyone in work life or in professional life, whether that be sports or other, you know, the ability to perform well under the demands being placed upon oneself and knowing you have the resources to respond when the Point comes where you feel you don't have the resources, then the stress can become chronic. And the stress, space for stress program really looks at a couple of areas of life and and tries to develop some skills and insights into um, achieving balance and returning to a sen a place where you feel actually I do have the resources to respond and I can respond or recognizing the times when you don't have the resources to respond and what you need to do about it then. So, for example, in that program, the the modules will cover like life areas. Now, life areas, a particular effort whereby you, you really take a look at the different areas in your life and where you're receiving nourishment and support and the other ones where you're maybe giving more, more than receiving. And then painting that picture across the different areas of your life. Can allow you to make decisions. Well, actually, I'd like to put more of my time into into relationships or into activities that are actually nourishing for me, which build me, and maybe less into activities, relationships, etc., that actually deplete me. Um. So it's a, that's one option or one area. And there's other items in that program are like the ability to create smart goals. Smart goals are like very specific action related, realistic and time bound and measurable at the end. Did I do it or not? Now, smart goals are good in the sense that, um, you know, you can see your achievements, which is, again, feedback for you about, well, I actually am achieving and I, I, I actually am um, effective, you know, and again, building that other areas in that program look at problem solving strategies to do that, managing time appropriately, you know, a lot of research into time management in all areas and actually 50% of performance, if not more on occasion is about time management. Like I know that, for example, in the areas of higher education and students at university and that that success. Much of the success is based on the ability to be an effective manager of their own time and and the work they need to do within it. Other parts of the stress program then look at lifestyle in terms of exercise, diet, etc. And then uh, a cognitive component is really looking at, um, you know, how our thinking is. Remember the in CBT the core the core relationship is like we have thoughts, which. Um, based on those thoughts uh, dictate in some way how we feel, which consequently lead us to behaviours. And those behaviours can be positive behaviours or sometimes they could be negative, depending on that cycle. So um, cognitive restructuring is a way that we can begin to look at our thoughts, um, identify them if they're positive or negatively attuned and what might be happening, and then actually you know, intervene and make decisions about, well, I can modify that thought. I can have a different thought. I can reframe the situation. So all of those um, components uh, are brought together in stress management program. Really valuable evidence based empirically supported components for building building resource, building your toolbox to be able to manage stress in all areas of life, especially in the, uh, you know, in in work life and also in your personal life, in terms of relationships, etc. cetera. Other programs then um, follow a similar vein. You know, they're multi-module and they're all composed of both learnings, insights and activities and skill development. So for example, the resilience program. Now resilience is a great one, I think. Again, resilience one by, com- by contrast to the stress one takes a positive psychology approach, which is different to CBT in that uh, Seligman and the work of Seligman and others in this area look towards. We're always we're always focusing on the negative, the pathology, or there's something wrong with someone. Let's focus instead on actually the things that are right and let's kind of, you know, feed them a little bit and grow them a bit. So that's the focus of the resilience program. It's really looking at what's there already that can be built on and resilience is kind of an in. An, an innate feature of humanity, the ability to bounce back after a difficult during after difficult times, you know, to, build to be able to get back up again and to continue on. Massive, massive part of life for all of us. And again, that program um, builds on skills and strategies, and it really it focuses on like core areas like. Meaning and purpose in one's life. What is the meaning and purpose for my life? It focuses on the self, myself, who I am, what I need, and my needs in order to be the best in the world that I can be for myself and others. Connections really important that social network and the social network, whether it be family, friends, um, etc. And then, you know. nourishment you're receiving from that and where you place yourself and then it also looks at body which is again about lifestyle exercise diet and then the mind as well and it's about in in this sense you know i spoke about cognitive restructuring in distress one well in this sense the cognitive aspect is around building on a mindset of gratitude of um just being grateful for what, what I actually do have and building on that and grateful for what I do and what I receive, etc. So again, it's slightly different take, but again, really good stuff in terms of learning, insight and skill building for the resilience programme. Should I give some of a flavour of some of those programmes to try to describe them somewhat, Jennifer?
2: Absolutely. And, and that's been really helpful. I think the description of the, the two different programs and then maybe the, the way that they're similar and then some of the differences in terms of what they're based on. And I think it was a really helpful explanation there in terms of CBT. Somebody told me the acronym before tea. Um, and I'm a big tea drinker, so I never forget thoughts, emotions and actions. And just w- when you recognize that, and I think that's something that really struck me. So I've had a look at um, all the programs and the stress and resilient resilience ones. I found just I suppose the resources and the tools and the strategies they're very user friendly um they're very easy to understand and the fact that you can save them or download them and come back to them again later um I just thought it was a really useful way of making all the material available um, and the other thing that really struck me about it as well is for me anyway, and listening to you describing them there, it just really sounds about, you know, sounds like bringing your awareness to these things. So in terms of stress, you know, the awareness of maybe, as you said, what is maybe causing negative impact of stress and, you know, stress is a normal part of life. We all experience it. But, you know, when is it getting to that stage where it's problematic? and then being able to recognize that so i think that that was really helpful even the exercises there for myself in terms of what different elements or aspects of your life and um, stress was having you know more of an impact than others at different times um, and i know the time management and a lot of people will be very happy to hear because that's something that um, i suppose the life of an intercounty footballer, or an inter-county athlete is quite hectic so being able to manage your time in, in a way that's um you know helpful is, is something that we often get queries around um, so that's really useful and I think there'll be a lot of benefits there for our members in terms of, you know, having a look at those programs themselves. And it's, as, I, as we kind of said at the outset, this is about making things available in a way that works best for people. So like in terms of what you find found in terms of feedback from users of Silver Cloud Health and from these kind of programs, what is it that they like about it or what is it that they find beneficial about it?
3: Yeah, great question. Um, to start that question, actually, it is fundamentally about the end user in all of this, and that's why the product team would do a huge amount of work when building programs to involve users and their needs. And then, obviously, we also have a very robust research function in Cloud where we're constantly researching, and the purpose of that research is really to keep us at the forefront of what we're doing in terms of the science of delivering digital mental health interventions and how they perform then at scale in the populations we're serving. And in our research, we don't just do quantitative research, we also do a lot of qualitative research in terms of getting people's feedback in their experience. There's a whole area in psychology of kind of significant events research which looks at the experience from moment to moment of the individual going through a program or an intervention. So we collect quite an amount of feedback from users. And I think some of the key features that come out of that are one, the fact that they I that I or someone else can engage with this on my own time, in my own place and at my own pace. They're huge. And really, that's important. And what's important about it as well, and this has been uh, born through the research is that that actually puts a lot of the control and power in the hands of the user, which is empowering or can at least be empowering for the user. You know, to 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 that they're they've sense of self-efficacy in that you know and it's supporting that sense of self-efficacy that yeah you can do this you can walk through this content you can learn you can gain the insights and adopt the skills and practice them Um, I think they're there's some of the key ones for me you know just that ability to be able to do it by yourself and also I think not just doing it by yourself but knowing that what you're engaging with you can trust because it's delivered from you know um, a reliable source like your association to the players and other members. That's really important in terms of, you know, there's a trusted brand behind it, a trusted face that's delivering this out, so it can be trusted. And I think that's that's a huge thing for all mental health care in general, and even healthcare in general. Um, I think some of the other things then are people have found um, their experience of using the platform as kind of almost like little sanctuary that is like this is my place my go to place and we've seen behaviors where people kind of almost use like silver cloud in their pocket and they carry it around with them and in times of need they'll go back into a certain section or tool to refresh for themselves or remind themselves and that's wonderful because As an individual is using the program, they're building an archive of the things they do, etc. within it, and they can revisit that at any time, which is fantastic. And that's that's a major advantage beyond, say, some other interventions that are delivered face to face, that it ends and then you go and you don't have a return necessarily. So some really lovely um, feedback like that we've gotten from users over the years um, and highlight some of the key benefits really.
2: Yeah, and that, that sounds brilliant. You know, everything there, I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to just in terms of, you know, how user friendly it is. And I think that issue of trust as well is something that's key. And the fact that it is, you know, empirically evidence based, like that's something I suppose that adds that weight behind it and, and the credibility behind, you know, this program is something that, as you said, it does what it says on the tin. It works and, and there's research to support that it works and that it is effective um and one of the things i suppose there is that perception and i know it's something we've been working in ireland to break down you know the barriers and the stigma around you know mental health support is only something that you avail of when you're in crisis And we've been working very hard I suppose in terms of promoting that message of early intervention uh, and prevention and the fact that you know this is something same as maybe you know if you're training and you feel a strain on your hamstring or something you go to the physio this is something that you can do on a daily basis or you can do on an ongoing basis so that you don't get to that stage where maybe you're you're in a crisis and you know it's is that would that kind of be something that silver cloud would you know and endure
3: I know absolutely I mean all of the research globally supports the benefits of early intervention. And, you know, it's fairly obvious fact, like if you break your leg, you don't, someone who breaks their leg don't, don't generally ignore it. You know, and I think we can all kind of identify with, if someone had a broken leg and they did ignore it, it just gets worse. So typically what happens is they go and seek treatment, they go and seek help, they go and see what they need. However, when it comes to mental health, historically that's not the case and that needs to change like it really does need to change and i think with the availability of a greater variety of options and earlier interventions such as silver cloud that makes it more accessible and an easier step to take but it's really important that we just normalize that our mental health is pretty similar to our physical health in terms of that. It needs attention. It's dynamic. It's not a static thing. What we engage in in all parts of our lives impacts both our physical and mental health whatever behaviours they are. And, you know, some of them are positive. Hopefully most are positive, but some are negative and they have negative impacts both in terms of our physical health and our mental health. And we should pay attention. We should and we should take action and not be afraid to take action. Absolutely not be afraid to take action.
2: Yeah, well, well, Dr. Richards, I think that's a really lovely and an important note to finish on. Um, I think that's something that, you know, will hopefully resonate with all of our listeners. And it's something that I'm really excited about. Um, I thought the potential of Silver Cloud to empower our members, as you said, and enable them to take that action on a consistent and ongoing basis so that they are able to, you know, support their own mental health and support their own well-being. Um, so thanks very much again for joining us. That was a really interesting discussion, really interesting and helpful to Get um, a better insight into Silver Cloud Health and the kind of work that you're doing. And congratulations, I suppose, on, on making this service available. Um, the impact it's having worldwide, I'm sure, is massive. Um, so thank you very, very much. Thank you, Jenny. Pleasure. So I'm absolutely thrilled and very excited to be joined by recent All Ireland winner with Tyrone, Connor Myler. Um, so, Connor, you're very welcome to the Player's Voice podcast. Thanks a million for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Jenny. Uh, we're delighted to have you, and we're just going to be chatting to Connor about his journey to winning the All Ireland with Tyrone, and a little bit around how he manages and looks after his mental fitness as well. And um, but before we get into all that, Connor, I was just wondering, um, like you know, what has it been like for the the last few weeks? Like, has it sunk in yet that you're an All Ireland winner, or, or what's it been like for
4: you? I, I suppose there's moments where it sort of sinks in, and. And again on the field after you get a couple of moments where you just sort of take a step back and and observe and and even even when we're, we're heading around the pubs a few days after again you sort of pull yourself back and you observe and see and that's nice because i didn't want to get too carried away with it all i wanted to be able to remember it all and, and see um see all the boys and see how much it meant to people as well so that was class but it has been a wee bit surreal especially just walking down the town and and even if i'm up in belfast and things or in school and people seem to know who you are and it's it's strange suppose getting used to that as well and uh again for the first or sort a of few weeks i probably wasn't even in the house long enough to to like myself to sit back and and sort of take it all in because you were going from one thing to the next but it's been class it has been class and I say there'd be there's there's certain days where you sort of sit down and you time to reflect, and I'm sure there'll be times over the next couple of months where you'll get chances to as well, but the funny fun thing is you're straight back into the, the club season with the league and the championship and everything now, so that's keeping your mind fairly occupied and, and school is busy as well, so it's all go, um, but it's a great position to be in.
2: Yeah, definitely, and I suppose it probably won't be maybe for another few months when things do settle down with the, the club scene as well, where you do really get a chance to maybe Stand back and and look at all that's happened over the last number of months. So yeah, I can I can really imagine it's uh, it's surreal as you said. Um and just kind of that moment at the final whistle, like what was that like when you realised that I've done it? You know we, we've done it. It's
4: it's a strange one. Um I suppose that's what you're dreaming about when you well for me it's what I was dreaming about whenever my I was thinking about winning all Ireland. Because I was at at the final no five and eight with me dad and, and I say I spoke about it before him dragging me across the pitch and um, just this pure elation and not understanding what it was and I suppose you're kind of chasing that feeling or wanting to know what that was like and for me I, I was always dreaming of standing Croke Park in the middle of the pitch and the final whistle going and just looking around I just wanted to know what that was like and thankfully i got the opportunity to experience that and people are like oh is it everything that you expected or is it everything has it lived up to expectation etc but you don't know what to expect because you really don't know what it's like and it's a hard one to describe it's part of you is like we did it and it's relief that you finally got over the line and another part of it's just pure elation and it's it's definitely a feeling that's gonna be very hard to top.
2: Yeah, and uh, like that just sounds. I think you know that description of a child maybe, and seeing this emotion and not really understanding what it meant, and then you know it was very visible on your face that day in terms of the elation and and actually making that dream come true. Like it's just an amazing experience to have. I can imagine. Um, and you know, what age were you when you're at those finals? Can you remember?
4: Oh, and 11 and thirteen, and around that.
2: Yeah so like they're they're probably like you know right you're very impressionable at that age obviously and it's obviously something that stuck with you and then however many years later to be the person that's given other kids that feeling like that's just amazing I can imagine. Um,
4: And that was important for me too Jenny like that was to know that I've played my part in giving those children an opportunity to feel what I felt and hopefully inspire them and sort of ignite the fire in them that's they can keep referring back to that, um, in years to come, when whenever they're down or, or sore, or tired, or injured, or you know they're they're questioning um, football in general, then that fire that has been lit will will keep them going, and and hopefully someday get the chance to experience what what we did.
2: Yeah, I think like that's a really important point, because obviously, like, you know, your intercounty career, there's going to be ups and downs, your, your sporting career, whether it's, you know, club or county, there's going to be ups and downs. And it's about, you know, what drives you, you know, and I think you said it before in terms of the why, like, why do you play and, and coming back to that? And if you have an experience like that, that you're, I suppose, you're searching for or that you're seeking and that's in, in the back of your mind, or as you said, that's the, the kind of fire in your belly, it, it probably makes it a little bit easier to keep coming back to that. Um, and I think what you said there uh, around like, you know, injuries and things like that, like you've obviously had a fantastic year this year and your performances were were out of this world in a lot of the games. But um, in 2018, it was probably a little bit different for you um, in the lead up to the game anyway. What was, I suppose, obviously you were coming back from a, a very serious injury and miraculously after, you know, breaking breaking your leg, able to play in the All-Arms final. But was there anything else that was different in terms of the lead up to maybe 2018 and this year or? Or was there anything in the experience that was, you know, how does it compare, I suppose?
4: Yeah, hugely different. Um, I totally locked myself away back in 2018 and. I was just doing whatever I could to try and sort of speed up recovery and thankfully I got myself into a position where I could play and definitely wasn't 100% right, but. I suppose when these opportunities come around it's it's very difficult to to not just um to play and I say I had sort of a fractured top of it right underneath my cruciate and I managed to avoid that and I say that whatever whatever I was doing it seemed to work that we this the recovery process. I was back sort of on the on the field in three, three and a half weeks and uh I was able to sort of tape it up and, and play. But it probably did hinder me for eight or nine months after and um, I wasn't totally right, which again, I wouldn't change anything. But in terms of my preparation, I was just so focused on getting my my leg right that I probably didn't enjoy the build up. And um, I was totally excluded from it, really. I was at home and if I wasn't at home, I was either in the pool or I was up in Gjervaghy. Using an anti-gravity machine, and it didn't really speak to much of the lads. I kind of just kept my head down, whereas I made a very conscious decision this time to really enjoy it because sometimes in the past I would have overhyped these situations and built them up to be something bigger than they were. So I was quite open and speaking about that as well to to lads, just about enjoying the build-up. And again, funny just looking out the window on the way of the bus to Crow Park and seeing all the fans and trying to take all that in and smile because those moments are class and those are are really important moments to look back on rather than um trying to, to zone out and and just put the headphones in again each to their own but I decided this year I was gonna try and enjoy it and whatever happens happens. Even the parade and everything too in twenty eighteen I just kept my head down, looked at the ground this year. I was looking around with a smile on my face and I was just trying to soak as much of it in so that my memories of of the whole day were as good as possible.
2: Well, whatever you did, it it seems to have worked for you anyway. Um, And I don't think I did you justice there in saying it was miraculous because there was obviously an awful lot of hard work going into getting yourself back in a position to be able to play that game. So... Um, yeah, I, I, you know there was a lot of things that you did in that, that end in terms of being able to control and um, the control of them and get yourself back in contention for that match. but yeah, I can totally see how that experience compared to to this year was was definitely not as positive. Um, and even having that realization like you think the 2018 experience was useful for you to, to be able to have that reflection on it and to be able to see, well, this time I'm not going to do what I did then and I am going to enjoy it.
4: Yeah, big time. And as a team, we were definitely a lot more mature now than we were then. Um, I suppose there's a lot of, of noise as such that comes with an all out and final and a lot of external factors outside of the game. Um, and we definitely handled everything like that very well. So all those wee components, allow it just takes pressure off you then so that the only thing you are focused on is your performance. And I think we, we definitely nailed all that this year. So we did.
2: Definitely, and uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I suppose that the proof is in the the All Ireland um, Championship and and winning. So, um, yeah, congratulations to you all again. I've said that a few times now, but it's a, a massive achievement and um, for anybody. So, a massive congrats. Um, and just I suppose the, not kind of focusing on on the negative side as well, but obviously injury is a massive important or a massive, I suppose, part of um any athlete's journey. Um, unfortunately, it's something that most athletes have to contend with in their career. Um, and I know you have spoken about before, how, around maybe in 2016, how an ongoing injury, I think it was a hamstring injury, a recurring hamstring injury, um, that it was something that, you know, you, you just couldn't shake it and how that had an impact on you physically as well as mentally maybe. Would you mind just talking a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, no bother. Um, I suppose injury, without a doubt, injury is the worst part of sport. It uh, it stops you doing what you love and that's playing. And I think that with injuries, they are probably tougher mentally than they are physically because being injured is a very lonely place. And unless you've been, been through some serious injuries, then you don't realize how lonely a place it can be. You're excluded from the squad and you're left doing your own rehab. And a lot of the time the rehabs, well, every time it's never very exciting. So you are, uh, you're stuck doing that away from the group and you start to, to question things and you start. Asking a lot of questions in your own head, and I'd say if I was to go from from top to toe, I've, I've had my fair share of of different injuries, and it's actually probably made me tougher coming out the other end of it. And um, at the worst point in probably twenty sixteen, coming off the back of um, a couple of huge seasons, where twenty fourteen we won the first club our first club championship in in twenty six odd years, um twenty fifteen I was playing with Tyrone under-21s and we won the All-Ireland and that same year I was playing for the Tyrone Seniors then um, in the All-Ireland semi-finals so it was kind of a, a crazy two years and I suppose I tried to continue doing what I was doing 2016-17 where I was trying to outwork everybody and trying to do probably too much I was playing college football club football county and eventually my body was just breaking down and I was getting hamstring injuries and Problem was I was coming back too quickly and then i was re-injuring them and if anything doing too much Um, i know somebody said the issue where they're maybe not doing enough rehab i was doing too much was probably my problem and i, I couldn't get my head around it i always thought that more was more and doing more was better and had to really learn that doing more was probably hindering me and i really struggled mentally then with with the injuries and and being alone and um just being away from the group and i know being in Gervahai one night injuring my hamstring again and uh just crying um and talking to the physio about it like then and i probably knew then i needed to talk to somebody and didn't really realize was it did I need to talk to a physio or psychologist or who did i need to talk to and i just contacted the gpa again very much didn't want people to know that um, i was struggling i say i didn't have a mental illness or any issue like that but i was struggling probably with my mental health and didn't even realize so the gpa were able to put me in touch with uh well the life coach or development coach as such and uh, we worked together for, for a good few months and come to the conclusion that I was just putting too much into football and not enough in other aspects of my life. And when I was happy off the field, it was, I was probably happier on the field. So I realized that I had to start putting some more time and effort into those things and take that intensity, that, you know, that diligence and uh, determination I had for training and take it to like some professional life. and. Again, the hours that I was putting into to training and football were, it was ridiculous, it, you know, um, through the roof. So again, trying to sort of use my time wisely and, and probably put my time towards different things and, and give time to different people. So friends, family, and I my, my academics as well. So once I started to find that balance, I started to realise my love for the game again and even just my body was reacting better because I was taking a little bit more time off and and everything else so even how I went and managed injuries that followed with that I was still very diligent I would have done my rehab um, accordingly and, and over and above but I also was able to find time to switch off which was was very important for me
2: and like, I think what you said there, I can totally see how a lot of players or a lot of athletes can maybe relate to or it resonates with them. Around, you feel like you're doing all the right things and, um, you know, you're being diligent, you're, you're doing your rehab and that just level of frustration where it's just not going to plan and everything that you feel, you know, you feel you're feel you doing everything that you should be and it's still not still not working. So, you know, when was the point when, you know, you felt, OK, this isn't something I may be able to, to manage on my own. I do need a bit of additional support here and like do you feel like that was that time in Garvahi or was that something that was building over a while? No
4: probably that one moment definitely triggered that I needed to to chat to somebody and um, I knew of the of the GPA and it was my first time availing of anything really from the GPA so I wasn't really sure what I was asking for to be honest I just knew I needed to to get some sort of um initially. I was even thinking, Do I need to chat to a physio or do I need to chat to somebody who understands injuries within G? I didn't know, yeah. Um, and I just decided to reach out, and, and I'm so glad that I did because you realize that football really is it's only one segment of your life. And since then, you know, I've been able to manage injuries so much better because I realized. These things are going to happen and you have to really accept it just um, and that acceptance is important i think even from then i've matured too, to know that i have a better understanding of my body how how my body operates and you know if when i'm sore the difference between pain and injury so again you can play through a bit of pain but playing through injury it doesn't help and you set yourself back further so i think you getting a better understanding of my body knowing that If i need to take an extra night's rest then do it if um a recovery session is going to be more beneficial for me than than a gym session then then doing that as well and since then my availability have been available and pretty much every game played every game 2018 19 20 21 so um touch wood that's that continues
2: yeah, definitely and like you know sometimes it's hard to, to realize if you know if you change something and if it's working for you or not but I suppose the evidence is there in, in what you're saying so it was kind of one injury after another and now since you've maybe changed your approach um, the level of injury or the, the number of injuries has, has reduced Um, so I suppose again the, the proof is there that um the approach you're taking is working Um, and like the other thing around that was just what is it about um, that kind of, you know, knowing yourself? And like, it sounds like what you're saying is maybe that kind of self-awareness um, and being able to, you know, understand yourself a bit more has led to you being able to, to I suppose, make better decisions or better choices. Would that sound right?
4: Yeah, big time. And I have to credit the GPA again for the Jim Madden program in which I took part in last year. Um, through it, my self-awareness just grew massively and looking at myself, and um, for anyone who doesn't know it it's a focus on leadership. But really it's it comes down to self your own self awareness and being authentic really as a leader. So a, a fantastic programme and and how the program is run is is top notch. It's very different from any other course that that I would have done before. So that was brilliant in, in terms of last year and helping me my own self-awareness developing. i think when you really start to look at yourself on a deeper level you start to find things maybe that you're you're not comfortable with or maybe find that you're trying to be somebody else or please other people and it doesn't get you very far so that idea of being authentic has been very important for me um i love the course that much i followed up with the accreditation then in Manooth. so just finished that there and um, two months ago so it's even just triggered for me that idea of furthering myself and again finding things outside of sport that I can put my my time and effort into as well but I think self-awareness is huge even just having an emotional intelligence as well and an understanding of people and I do believe that being a good person is is more important than being a good player and when you're happy and content with yourself and how you carry yourself then inevitably it does help you on the pitch because you've you know you know that you're going into training even um there's so much more to the game than just the match you know there's how you interact with lads outside of training you know the the text messages that the meeting up and the chats before training everything else and i think all that's just as important to to the whole sort of team ethos and and um, there's so much behind the scenes that people don't see they just think you turn up a match day and you play, but it's never like that. So I say, thankfully, my self awareness has grown and still growing. Um, every day you have to work on on that authenticity, uh, the vulnerability, and you know you'll make mistakes. There's certain times where you'll you'll reflect and say that wasn't me, or I did something there that um, I probably not regret doing, but I would I would do differently next time and I think that's a constant thing nobody ever really reaches that point maybe some Buddhists do but that point of total self-acceptance so that's the journey.
2: Thanks a million Connor, for that um it's been really interesting and really insightful to hear about the journey you've had on the field over the last number of years but also the journey you've had off the field and it sounds like um you know there's lots of interesting exciting things to come for you as well Um, So at the start of this podcast, we had a conversation with um, Dr. Derek Richards, who's the Chief Science Officer for SilverCloud. So SilverCloud is a digital mental health platform, and the GPA have recently partnered with SilverCloud to provide this service for GPA members. Um, So I know that you've used SilverCloud. So what did you think of it? Do you think it would be beneficial for GPA members in terms of that kind of looking after your mental health and if you're maybe struggling with something as an area where you could go for support?
4: Yeah, without a doubt. Um I'd say if I hadn't known about Silver Cloud six, seven years ago, then I probably would have availed of it because I know that a lot of the time we don't want to maybe speak up about our struggles or issues that we're having and to be able to use something like Silver Cloud, which is gonna take you through um scenarios and step by steps, then it's definitely worth availing of. And again, if you still feel like it's probably not enough then or or something that's you need to discuss further then thankfully the gpa have support mechanisms in place there to do that but at a good glance through it and, and again there's so many different areas to it that you would need plenty of time to sit and, and to be able to go through it and i know i just went through the, the section on managing stress and i thought that there was a lot of good aspects to it and as i say if you're having again a, a big stigma we have is that people think that when we talk about mental health we're talking about mental illness and they're very different like we all have mental health and some maybe just look after their their mental health better than others and you don't have to be in a bad place to be looking after your mental health and you could be using silver cloud even when things are going well just as a reminder or a top up on certain areas just to refresh um your memory so I do think it's useful too and as I say I would have probably availed of it then and I definitely got a few bits from it um, when I was using it there the other day so I think that it will be useful for GPA members because if you're conscious about maybe speaking up or there's something that you want to maybe explore yourself first then then there's plenty of information there for you to use
2: Definitely. And I think like you made a really important point there and, you know, everybody has mental health and I had the conversation with Dr. Richards around, you know, if you broke your leg and ignored it, you'd probably end up in, in a pretty bad place. Usually anybody who breaks their leg, they go and get support, they go and get help for it. So it's the same with with your mental health. You know, if you notice you're, you're struggling or you just need some additional support and um, the support is there. And it's just about, as you said, availing of it. And what the GPA are trying to do is just make a number of different avenues or a number of different pathways available to members. So, as you said, yeah, you have the additional supports of the counselling line, the face-to-face counselling, the text line, and now there's an online platform, which hopefully some people will find helpful. And that's something you can use on a kind of an ongoing, consistent basis. And it's available on your mobile phone. You can have it in your pocket and kind of dip in and out of it as you want. Um, so, yeah, it's great to, to get that feedback on it. And that's something that will be available to all GPA members um, to, to avail of. So Connor kind of look thanks a million for the conversation today um it's been really really insightful and, and really interesting and just to kind of wrap it up or maybe one takeaway from it is kind of looking back um you know on your experience over the last number of years from you know 2016 onwards if there was one thing that you kind of knew like you knew then that you now that you know now um, what that would have been helpful for you and um, what would that be? I'm just thinking of maybe other people who are in a similar situation where they're, they're struggling or battling with ongoing injury or there's something else going on for them. If there was something that you knew um, back then that you know now, um, what might that be? I'd
4: probably tell myself if I could or if I was chatting to somebody in a some similar position, it's not the be-all and end-all. Like, football is really is just one component and I would have struggled... To understand that, even back then, and if somebody was saying to me now, if there was somebody who was saying it to me, I would still struggle to comprehend it because my mindset was very much football was everything. But when you strip it back, it's literally just a game, and it's the same game you've been playing since you're a child, and that's why you fell in love with, because of the game. Like we're amateurs, we don't get paid for it. It's not going to make a difference to your, to your mortgage or or again, your close family and friends and your close circle, like they don't really care how well you do if, if they really care about you. So I think learning that has been massive for me. It's just a game and try and enjoy it and make as, memory memories, as many memories as possible because at the end of the day, it's for me it's memories over medals. It's those moments spent with other players and the moments, like i explained after the all-earned final and the final whistle those are the moments that you cherish like the medals can, <laughs> will sit in a drawer somewhere or the awards will sit um, on a tabletop somewhere and again they might bring back a memory for you happy days but really for me it's the memory so again i tried in the last few years to try and smile or enjoy it enjoy the journey and um, be able to find things outside of sport that you enjoy, that you can switch off. If it's walking, reading, um, whatever it is you're into, find something, spend time with family and friends. Um, because say your inter intercounty season, people talk about it in a way that your intercounty season passes by fairly quickly and people try and say, make the most of it. And the way I see it too, is it does pass by pretty quickly, but don't neglect everything else in your life. Either because of it. So find that balance Um, and that'd be the advice I'd give, Jenny.
2: That's a massively important message and memories over medals. Um, I think, yeah, copyright that one. I really like that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And look, I know there's been two words that have maybe been associated with you now over the last number of weeks sweat and courage. And I think it took an awful lot of courage to. To do um, what you've done in terms of reaching out and, and saying look you know maybe i need an extra hand here um, and then just look at the positive impact that that had and i suppose the, the personal growth and the journey you've had since then so um, massive fair play connor and thanks very much for sharing that i'm sure a lot of people are going to find that really interesting to listen to um, and we really appreciate you giving your time so thank you very much great talk no, no problem thanks for having me on the gaelic players association representing the interests of all inter-county players protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people.
0: Look, great to get the views there of Conor Moyler. Yes, he's an All-Ireland winner with Tyrone, but look, there's so much more to him, as you'll have heard from that interview, than just being a footballer who represents his club and represents his county. There's more to life than than Gaelic football. And as as Conor said, if you treat it like the game that you were playing as a kid and and you see it in that way, it's the game you love and take the enjoyment from it. It's probably, probably a great attitude to have.
1: Yeah, it's, it's usually refreshing to hear that kind of mentality towards the game and look again he shows this was a testament that you can commit yourself to playing and training hard and doing all you can to, to achieve success, but not take away from the priority of off field and, and what's important to you in off field, which is you know, family, friends, connections, career, all of what I mentioned. So I think there's a lot of players. I think players are getting better at this, and I think they are kind of recognizing that, you know, you need to give time to your off field development and your off field priorities. Um. And what we were trying to do is obviously with jenny and ian and coaches and some of those resources we have hopefully will help players do that easier so um great to hear from him because he's a great guy and huge success i've on to him over the last year and i'm sure we'll see plenty of more of him in the years to come
0: and just look before we wrap up just to quickly note as well fair play to um at, at her own uh, um, teammate of conor myler's Con Kilpatrick for the what he he did this week in terms of coming out and ex- and talking about his experience with problem gambling on the Claire Byrne show um on RT. Um look really brave step and again has an impact on other players and and other people outside of just uh, playing base of fair play to con as well. Look, Begs, um, that's all we've turned for on the podcast on the players' voice um for this episode. Um thanks very much for your company. We had very little to say this time around and, as well, well, it's so
1: fantastic. It's, uh, we should get Jenny on more often or more people in the office. She was she was great as always, even though she probably put herself down. She was fantastic. And again I think but the more people we can get on the on this show speaking out the better so well said
0: and we should also recognize as well that while jenny was talking to an all-ireland winner in terms of conor myler jenny, jennifer rogers is also an all-ireland winner herself after westmeath's um triumph in the intermediate competition at croke park this year and she was quite modest by not mentioning that herself when she was talking to a fellow all-ireland winner in conor myler but that's it for the player's voice chat to you the next time